Brad and Glenda Pius. Thank you so much for sewing into Morning Drive Bible. Without your commitment and support, this initiative couldn't come to fruition. Good morning from Jerusalem. My name is David Recruitment. And my name is Scott Kahn. And welcome to Morning Drive Bible. David, last time we dealt with some very interesting ideas. The idea of leadership versus management. Right. In the book of Exodus, when Jethro is giving the advice to Moses about he can't handle all of this legal issues that are being brought to him from the nation of Israel, he has to have a court system in place. And Moses accepts this perfectly fine. And in fact, he wasn't even complaining. This is Jethro on his own initiative saying, you are going to get worn out. This is great father-in-law advice. Yeah. And he accepts it as a great son-in-law. Perfect. Everything is in place. And then in the book of Numbers, we have this complaint by the nation of Israel that they don't have enough menu options, even though they have the manna. And for some reason, they don't like the manna, eating it every single day, and they want other variety of foods, including meat. And if they said it merely like that, perhaps it would have been less offensive, but they presented it as, we preferred being slaves compared to the food we have over here. It sounds very petulant and almost childish. And Moses literally has a breakdown, and he goes to God, and God then aids him in what we would call leadership style for the emotional and psychological needs for Israel, appoints 70 elders of the nation, gives them prophetic power from the overflow of Moses's prophecy. Then we have Eldad and Medad. Two people who are either among those 70 or perhaps in addition to the 70. The other 70 elders had this prophecy, this overflow of the spirit from Moses. And it seems to have also gone to these two individuals, Eldad and Medad, who were prophesying in the camp. And as we'll see in the verses, it seems that people were not happy about this. There were certain individuals definitely not happy in the Book of Numbers episode. But before we delve into the actual verses, it's important to review a previous episode of a podcast that we did on the nature of the Torah itself. The heavenly Torah versus the earthly Torah are our canonized text. That was, I think, our very first episode. Correct. We know there's a heavenly Torah that was used to create the world. And what we have physically, what you're reading right now from the Bible are the canonized words. It's not everything. It's a synopsis or an insight into the heavenly Torah. Perhaps it's a translation of this infinite, ineffable Torah that exists on the heavenly realm, and it's a translation into an earthly book that we can understand. A well-known phrase that's used to explain this heavenly Torah is that God looked into the Torah and created the world. In other words, it's not so much that the Torah is a handbook in order to understand the world. Rather, the world is the result of the blueprint, which itself is this heavenly Torah. Our Torah is an earthly translation of that heavenly blueprint. And therefore, we're not having all the intricacies of each episode of what's happening in the narrative of the text. It's important to note before we delve into the verses, because we do not have the entire story of what's going on with Eldad and Medad. There are things that remain a mystery. And by engaging in God's word, then we have revelation developed over the years in Jewish thought on how to possibly interpret this story. I think that's important before we go into it very deeply, Scott. You agree? Absolutely, because there are only four verses that deal with Eldad and Medad. Four 
meager verses. And at the same time, they're packed with meaning. There's so many words in them that are ambiguous, that beg for interpretation. Not for us to simply guess a meaning, but try to derive it from within. Let me read those verses in the English directly from the Torah itself. Two men remained in the camp. The name of one was Eldad and the name of the other Medad. And the spirit rested upon them. They were among those baktuvim, written down, unclear what that means, but they did not go out to the tent. They prophesied in the camp. So one word that we need to address is baktuvim. What does that mean? And even if we say, well, it means, of course, in the writing, but that still doesn't tell us anything of import as far as we know. We need to understand it better. The verses continue. The young man, ambiguity number two, we don't know who this is. Who is is the young man? The young man ran and told Moses, he said, Eldad and Medad are prophesying in the camp. The next verse, Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' attendant since his youth answered, My master Moses, Klaim, another ambiguous word. A one word response, which is ambiguous. We don't know what it means. Does it mean prison? Stop them? Unclear. Kill them? It could mean a lot of things. And the verse sometimes is perhaps even intentionally ambiguous to allow us to understand multiple levels of meaning here. One more verse. Moses said to him, presumably Joshua, are you zealous for my sake? If only all the people of the Lord were prophets and that the Lord bestow his spirit upon them. That is the entire story of Eldad and Medad. And beyond that, we know nothing. And stuck between the episode of the nation of Israel complaining to God about menu options. At the very end of this sub-story about appointing 70 elders. Very strange, David. We have a lot to unpack over here. My name is David Nekrutman. My name is Scott Kahn. And blessings from Jerusalem. Jerusalem.